Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That might be the case in a Manhattan courtroom because Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney and fixer, has taken the stand in a civil fraud trial against the former president. So they are um, meeting face to face. I mean, not really meeting, but what happened is that this is according to CNN. When Cohen walked in to the courtroom, he looked over quickly at the defense table uh, where Trump was. And then the first question from the attorney's general office was, get this, if Cohen was taking any medications that would inhibit his ability to testify truthfully at the trial. And Michael Cohen responded, no. So that's how this morning started for Michael Cohen. Joining us now to break down some Trump news, what it means, why it matters to us, is Rachel Paulos, a frequent guest of the show and a former U.S. attorney for Minnesota. Professor Paulos uh, is joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Great to have you again on the show. Nice to be here with you, Jordana and Adam. Okay, so today Michael Cohen is going to be testifying in court, what is expected that he will say? Are there any bombshells that you think will come out of today? Well, the expected testimony really relates to the things that Michael Cohen claims that he was doing at Donald Trump's direction, namely inflating the value of his properties mm-hmm. um, when it favored Donald Trump and deflating the value of the properties when it didn't favor Donald Trump, you know, for paying taxes mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um Normally, an attorney couldn't speak about private communications with a client. There's an exception to that rule when the client uses the attorney to perpetrate a crime, um, which is part of why Michael Cohen is allowed to testify about his interactions with Donald Trump. Um, He is a convicted felon. He has been Mr. Cohen, that is, is a convicted Mm -hmm, felon. He has mm -hmm. been disbarred. He's not permitted to practice law in New York. And so I I actually, um, and certainly Donald Trump is going to be facing a very hostile jury in New York. Um, He's already um, disfavored himself in front of the judge and and prosecutor by calling them names on social media. And certainly there's been a lot of name calling between the president and his former lawyer, none of which is helpful to finding out the truth here. But I think actually the most compelling testimony is going to be is going to come from people who are um, professionals with no prior record. So, for example, the lead witness, Bill Kelly, who was a general counsel of the accounting firm Mazars that stopped working with the Trump organization um, a year ago because they felt that the financial statements were not accurate. That is uh, very interesting. And so it's really going to come down to despite the big personalities here, what the Mm. facts are and who's credible in relating why the numbers were what they were or were not what they should have been. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Rachel, that word you just mentioned, credible, is the (laughs) question that I want to bring up because as a prosecutor, 
the people you bring up onto the witness stand, you want to be credible. You want the jury, obviously, to believe that person. You brought up all the – anybody who knows about Michael Cohen notice, notes that credible, meh, not exactly a word you <laughs> often associate with him. Is there a danger yeah. in bringing up a witness like that that it could backfire? There's absolutely a danger that it could backfire, um, particularly because Michael Cohen continues to do things that just reek of sleaziness. Um, bragging about facing your former client in court on social media is just not what a professional should do. Um, and it's particularly not what an attorney should do or a former attorney. And so um, I really think that with people like the former accountants, with people like forensic examiners, um, with people like professional investigators who've gone through these documents, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that there was a need for somebody like Michael Cohen to take the stand. Hmm. And it certainly uh, risks a distraction um, when President Trump is providing enough distract, distractions on his own. The prosecution doesn't need to do that. I want to head to a different part, a, a different case here. I want to move to Georgia. Now, this morning, mm-hmm. uh, Jenna Ellis, Jenna is also an attorney, uh, like, well, not, I won't say like you, Rachel, I, I won't say she's anything like you, because she, <laughs> she you. is not. So uh, Jenna is an attorney. Uh, she is a conservative mm-hmm. media figure, figure. And this morning I watched as she tearfully read a statement uh, that says she looks back on that time where she tried to overturn the election with, quote, deep remorse. She's facing mm-hmm. felony char- charges over the efforts to overturn uh, Donald Trump's 2020 election loss. And she says now, yeah, she did it and she feels bad about it. What does this mean for her in the case and then for President Trump in this case? Well, a felony conviction almost certainly means that that Ms. Ellis is going to be disbarred and will not be allowed to practice law, which is it would be devastating for any attorney to lose a profession that you've worked so so hard at. Um, the count is going up on the number of defendants who are willing to testify against the former president in the Georgia case. Uh, and so it's now at least four of 19 who who are stating that they plan to take the stand. And what they say will be uh, very important. It is not helpful to the to the former president that so many of these people Cohen, um, uh, Alice, uh, Sidney Powell, our attorneys. And so there's a theme here. Uh, and the recurrent theme and Giuliani. really, mm-hmm. and Giuliani. And so the question mm-hmm. is, was the president, the former president, deliberately seeking out attorneys who would tell him what he wanted to hear and do what he wanted them to do? Was he using them per- to perpetrate frauds or did he just have an ability to attract exceptionally um, uh, bottom of the barrel attorneys (laughs) who (laughs) judicious uh, of you bad advice I'm trying to be lawyers dramatically as I can Um, (laughs) but not me but (laughs) but this is a problem and the Sidney Powell um, misdemeanor um, plea deal is a problem. Uh, and the circus that's going on with her right now is a problem for him. The question of whether or not she's even his attorney is, is yeah. a problem. And so, um, 
So, sorry, go ahead, Jordana. No, I, I'm sorry, and Adam, I didn't mean to, uh, to to interrupt you, but she that, that I exactly wanted to talk about that because a few days ago, Trump tweeted or X'd or whatever it is that that Sidney Powell was never his attorney, but mm-hmm. we all saw her standing next to him, talking with him to him, you know, in rejection of the uh, of the election. So. Can we at any point believe that she was not his attorney when, I mean, I guess maybe standing next to somebody doesn't mean you're their attorney, but isn't there proof of this? So this is interesting. When we look back, because claiming that she's not his attorney is a way of President Trump saying basically he's not responsible for her actions. And so when we look at just the facts here, what points towards uh uh, a, a, an attorney-client relationship, because clearly they had some kind of professional relationship. She was uh, in meetings. She was speaking, allegedly, on his behalf. She was involved in the post-election attempts to um, overturn the election. And so what was the nature of that relationship? And so the one thing that we know is that she she was appearing in these meetings, and beyond that, that he posted on social media state welcoming her to, quote, his legal team. But then we have these other factors that suggest that that relationship was never formalized as an attorney-client relationship. So she testified in front of the January 6th committee that she was a special counsel to investigate fraud, not his personal attorney. Um, both of them, both parties, uh, the former president and Ms. Powell, deny that there was any, you know, any attorney-client relationship. Um, there was no formal engagement letter, which I think in most states and for many judges is going to be very critical because the best practice, according to the American Bar Association, is to formalize a relationship in writing. And, and anyone who's had um, any kind of dealings with a lawyer knows um, everything is reduced to, to writing. And so the absence of that could be key. I think what's also interesting is that the president, the former president, apparently declined to follow her advice. The special counsel, Jack Smith, claims that the president described Powell as, quote, crazy, his words, not mine. And he did not he did not follow her instructions to seize voting machines and declare martial law. And so that, again, is a factor pointing to to um, uh some, an absence of an attorney-client relationship. But regardless, I think the key question is still, what information can she share? If she's not his attorney, she can talk about everything and completely throw Mr. Trump and the other co-defendants under the bus. So uh, it doesn't help him terribly to claim that she's not his attorney because it just gives her more leeway to talk about everything. If she were his attorney... Um, she'd be prohibited from disclosing a lot of things under the, a lot of information under the attorney-client privilege. That, and she's not the only one who's reached a plea deal now to testify against other people. I mean, they, they, right. there's other people exactly. doing that. We're talking to Rachel Paulos, former uh, U.S. attorney for Minnesota. I wanted to ask you about the gag orders, because getting Donald mm-hmm. Trump to stop, you know, criticizing people uh, associated with the case or stopping him from saying anything about the case, I'd have a better chance of playing on the PGA Tour than getting him to stop that. So my 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 question is this. If a judge's ruling, if a judge has the final say of this, what can be done to stop him from doing that? Is there a scenario that Donald Trump could like get thrown behind bars for violating gag orders in any of these cases? 
Yes, there is a scenario where he could be jailed for violating a gag order. I think the question you raise is maybe the most interesting coming out of the New York trial is, is, is that judge's gag order constitutional? Because the Supreme <laughs> Court has said that in, in general, gag orders are a, what, what lawyers call a prior restraint on speech and they're unconstitutional unless the publicity would harm the defendant's right to a fair trial, one. Two, the gag order is the least restrictive way of ensuring uh, fairness. And three, the gag order is effective, which, as you just pointed out, Adam, is, is just not going to happen in a trial with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really question whether the gag order will, A, be effective and B, be um be upheld as constitutional if the Trump team decides to challenge it. And if you think about this, if the defendant's name were anything but Donald J. Trump, is this the kind of world we would want where the government gets to say what whatever its claims are against yeah. a, a or trial and the defendant is completely gagged? I mean, it's speaking as someone who is now a defense attorney. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's right. fair um, for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um it would be completely one-sided. Uh, but I, I think in this case, as as you say, um, there is a real question of whether the defendant's even going to follow the order. Um, and so we'll see if it's, if it results in him being, if it results in the former president being thrown in jail or if it results in the judge being overturned on appeal. Either way, um, no shortage of interesting news from Trump world. Oh, it's crazy, Rachel. And and Rachel, with the one minute we have left, do you honestly think that the former president would ever see any jail time? Well, I think it's quite possible if he continues to say things that um, that identify court personnel that could lead to safety issues. I think the judge has um, Judge Erdogan has has signaled increasing impatience. Um, with Mr. Trump. And uh, I think in a, in a state like New York, where again, it's about as hostile a, a jury and judge pool as you could find to Donald Trump. Uh, many things are possible. Not everything is possible, but many things are possible. Yeah. It's one thing if you're, you know, just claiming, making your case saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. It's another thing if you're doing things that threaten people or or considered tampering in any way. That's that's a That's a different... That's absolutely right. Anything that's considered obstruction of justice, um, I think, could cross the line. Rachel, thank you for the time today. We'll, I'm sure we'll be speaking mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Rachel. Rachel Paulos, former uh, U.S. attorney for Minnesota. 11.50 on News Talk 830 WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 